Ladies and gentlemen, welcome again to yet another exciting episode of Films of Fury. I am your host, as always, the 17% Prince of Podcasting, Sergeant Fury, and this is being brought to you on Anchor.fm, Google Play, or wherever you get your fine-ass podcast. And flanking to my left, the man, the myth, the legend, Evan McLeod. Evan, say What's something. What's going on, everybody? I was gonna say, say something charming. Here, sitting inside me, oh, Batman. Just wanted to come out and say hi. You know what? I cannot wait until we get you and Ish Jones and Eric Eminon in the Who Was the Greatest Batman panel because I I'm gonna need like a fifth of Jack. Ben Affleck. <laughs> it, oh, Fuck I'm. You, Oh, Jesus. And we are joined tonight on, on this exciting episode where we are going to break down our thoughts on a multitude of Marvel Cinematic Universe news as well as DC Comics news. Not DC Extended Universe, straight up DC Comics news uh, brought to you by Evan and his awesome comic book shop that manages to get him his shit on time. Um, to- hashtag Totem Pole status. Thanks. Thanks, Third Eye Comics. I appreciate it. Send us or, comics. Or Twilight Comics, whichever. But we are joined by a very special guest. Evan, would you like to hype this guest since I hype the dick of every other guest that pops on? Oh, sweet, sweet. Are right, you ready? You ready? You ready? Here I go. Here I go. Here I go. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies, ladies, ladies. I give to you. He is the one. He is the only. He is Buddy, that's an awesome introduction. Thank you for that. Jeez. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> that is the in-ring introduction Evan always wished he would have had. Listen, I'll just do that this weekend when I'm at uh, Anniversary Anarchy, and I'll introduce my brother and I. I'll yank the, the microphone and just do it myself. There you go. Why the hell not? <laughs> <laughs> now, now we're going to allow Matt to take over the podcast for a few minutes because, Matt, you are the, the brainchild behind the first ever podcasting, first annual podcast convention in Buffalo this upcoming summer. Uh, what started this idea? Wh- where did this germinate from? Give us the, give us the 411 on all this information that we need uh, because yours truly, Sergeant Fury, and the one and only Evan McLeod, We'll be representing Films of Fury at this convention. So tell us, where, where did you come up with this idea, brother? All right. Uh, well, it was, a, it was a combination of a lot of things. You know, I, was, I, I really enjoy podcasting. And if I can make it into, you know, if I can somehow find a way to make it financially, you know, good for, for myself, for my, my friends and all that, I think it's, it would just... You know, that would be a great thing. Like I said, I, I live and breathe this podcasting art. So, you know, I, myself and the others, I'm a part of a network called the BICBP Radio Network. Uh, they travel to different cons. Uh, they do different conventions and stuff. And we're actually going to be at Nickel City Con in a couple weeks. But, you know, I, I got to thinking, you know, the, there's really, at least around here, there's nothing, well, Buffalo, uh, there really is nothing like this a podcast exclusive uh convention and there's a lot of very talented local people uh that do podcasts like yourselves like my friends at the network um and so many more 
and it, it really uh, it really took off. We, we're all filled up with tables right now, and, and everybody's excited at the chance to show off uh, their podcast, their, their show, and, and perhaps meet some new listeners, uh, sell some merchandise, and what, whatever it may be. So it's, yeah, I, I'm really, really stoked for it. I'm glad you guys are coming to it. Uh, I'm glad we got a full house, essentially, as far as podcasts go. Um, but, I mean, quick deets and, and times for that. It is uh, August 3rd, Saturday, August 3rd, 2019, at the Frontier Volunteer Fire Co., uh, 2176 Liberty Drive in Niagara Falls, New York. The event runs from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., and it is $10 to get inside the door. We are offering a free uh, How to Start a Podcast seminar, uh, the time to be determined, and you're also getting live shows, uh, live 25, 30-minute sets um, all day from various podcasters. So it's going to be a good time. I'm really looking forward to you know, being able to network with other people, network with other shows, learning. There's such a learning curve with podcasting, and I, you know, the important thing with podcasting or really anything in life is to never stop learning i think it's uh you know it's an important rule to to live by and there's going to be a lot of good people to learn from and and take and take and make your own ideas from so so yeah we're 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 absolutely excited for this opportunity and you know there's there's so much that podcasting can cover i mean there's you know maybe some would have this feast or famine mindset where it's like oh well I talk about pro wrestling and I don't want another pro wrestling podcast to to come in and maybe steal my thunder. It's like, you know, you have an opinion on certain things. Evan has an opinion yeah. on certain things. I have a, a skewed vision of certain things. You know, it's not bad to get ideas from everywhere. You know, we all are are these computers, our brains. You know, it's it's three pounds of protein and fat in, you know, a six inch space. And so if you can take ideas and listen to others and, you know, some of the stuff that we say on our podcast, some nerds might agree with. There are other things that we bring up that they vehemently hate and we have gotten we've gotten text messages about it. You know, you know, like, like, yeah, like the great. You know, I think I'm just going to I think we just need to save that one for the actual podcasting event. You know, the, the great bat debate. But, you know, and, and Evan and I are excited to jump on board with this. Uh, you know, August 3rd, Niagara Falls, New York. I've never been to Niagara Falls. I would love to see Niagara Falls. Evan, will, oh, you, be my da- will you be my date to Niagara Falls in August? Uh, are you asking? <laughs> I think so. Oh, bitches. Steaks, we, beers, and Niagara t- Falls. Can we go Titanic at the falls? Oh, speaking of Titanic, I think we need to just straight up get into this episode matt are you ready oh i am ready i've been ready for about a week now oh I'm ready to go here yes, we for anybody that doesn't know i've been i have been hounding matt to that we need to get him on this show a for this convention and b because i know matt will have a great time hanging out with dan and i for you know sometimes we say this is an hour-long show but last week Okay. Okay. I actually, when I posted the audio today and looked at it, I was like, two hours and 16 minutes. Motherfucker, Avengers Endgame was three hours and two minutes. Like, we basically, we basically did fucking audio commentary over the goddamn movie. Like, who the yeah, fuck, who the fuck yeah, does this? About sh- an hour and a half, I'm like, I looked at the clock, I'm like, goddamn. Damn, we're just talking about the whole movie right now. 
Spoilers! And the worst yeah. part, well, we didn't even need to say spoilers. We oh. just said, straight up said, you know, go, go, fuck off. If you haven't seen this, this is not for you. Fuck off, then come back, see it, and, and listen to this. But, but I will say, I will give credit to the Russo brothers. Mm. Because they, they come, them coming out last week, what was it, last Friday? Yeah, it was like Thursday yeah. or Friday, yeah. Saying, if you haven't seen it by this weekend, as of Monday, spoilers are allowed to be released. Which... And they did that with full disclosure of knowing damn well that Spider-Man's trailer was coming out. Oh, they did. And, you know, I think we need to, uh, in wrestling, there is this thing where we, when a, when a, when a wrestler passes, we do a 10-bell salute to that wrestler however because i don't like james cameron and because i fucking hate titanic we're just simply going to laugh because for the first fucking time that it wasn't a james cameron film that did it titanic is now number three all-time grossing film fuck you titanic Avengers Endgame <laughs> is officially number two, and James Cameron, it's coming for that stupid fucking rip-off Fern Gully movie. Fuck you, Avengers Endgame is now number two on its way to be number one. How fucking happy are you guys? I'm fucking excited. As a comic book fan, you know, as a... Uh... You know, as, as a comic book movie fan, I think it's it, it's just, it makes a statement. It, it really does about how far that you know Marvel or well comic book movies have come in general. I mean, we think about you know pre MCU. You know, we've we've witnessed a lot of hot garbage. Mm. Uh, you know, we, we really have. And, and the the idea, you know, when people think superhero movies. <laughs> George Clooney, give me five dollars back. <laughs> Electra and Catwoman and all you know there's just, there were some doozies of movies it's unfortunate um, but you know back then 15 years ago the perception of a comic book movie was just you know a director trying to milk some money out of a, a big name creation from something else and nowadays the game is you know it's changed it's changed a bunch and people hold superhero movies to a much higher standard um, now and you know what? Honestly, I never thought Avatar was that great of a movie. Visually beautiful, but um, story's okay. Story's okay. Yeah, uh, but nothing, visually, nothing stellar. Visually gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. But um, I, I think, I think honestly, the one superhero movie that's equivalent to that, like, is Aquaman. Oh yeah, but I mean that's DCEU. No one's ever gonna give that movie fucking credit. Like, let's be honest. But. No. You know, the thing that I've, I, I, I can't shit all over James Cameron because he gave me Terminator, okay? And he gave me Aliens. Aliens was the one of the best sequels to any original movie of all fucking time. Like, Aliens is classic. But if you look at Titanic, Titanic's story, okay, let's just look at the story, was basic as fuck, it was lit. You could have taken the story of Titanic and put that on an ABC two night movie special. Listen, yeah. all I need is a handprint on a foggy window. Okay. <laughs> that goes to show you how long it's been since you've gotten laid. Oh. <laughs> Oof. But Oof. we're coming out the gate hard tonight, unlike Evan. That's but. What she said. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you look at Titanic. The story was basic. What made that movie win an Oscar was the technology that James Cameron used to go under the water and to see parts of the Titanic that hadn't been seen before and incorporating that. Essentially, he used National Geographic money to make a movie. It just so happened he had two hot young actors at the time in a basic love story. I mean, it was by the numbers basic. Sorry. But but, but keep, in, keep in mind, even Titanic had an intermission. Yes, it did. It did, didn't it? Uh-huh. Yes, they, they, at the one, one and a half hour mark, gave everyone a, 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 I think it was like a 30 minute bathroom break or something like that to get stocked up on popcorn. Which, if you really think about it, is a good marketing money plan. Because oh, it's smart. As, as someone that works, so I work part-time at a movie theater. I only do it so I can get free movies. <laughs> no shame in the game. No shame in the game. Okay, I work one day a week um, just so I can retain my free movies. Um, so, with that being said, the only money that's actually made in a theater is through concessions. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. for all you people, and here's here's a non-disclosure, for everybody out there that brings in, that complains about concession prices, when you're sneaking in your sodas, your popcorns, your M&M's, your local movie theater may close down in a few months or years. In the arms of the angels. Yeah. I mean, that's that's true. That's the only way they make money. Yeah. They make yeah. a penny off of every ticket they sell. Well, look at uh, drive-throughs. Oh. Look at, you know, uh, drive-ins, not drive-throughs, yep. drive-ins. Uh, you know how popular they are, but how easy it is to bring money or bring food and, and stuff into those. Um, you know, into those things. And the drive, the, the drive, the drive-in experience is like one of my favorite ones. Uh, but you know. Across the United States, we've lost a lot of um, two movies for the price of one. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's a great deal, and the, I think the concessions prices are actually pretty fair at most drive-ins too. Just, yeah, honestly, uh, which amazes cheaper, me. Cheaper, they're much cheaper than yes. Theater, I think I, at least by a dollar or two. Yeah, but I will say, like here in Maryland, um, our I won't disclose which theater I work at. Please don't. I don't want you to get fired. I know, I need my free tickets. <laughs> Listen, but I'm not going to say whether here or not there, but Cinemark, I, I go, I've gone to Cinemark and Regal. Um, so, uh, but Regal's concessions, I think, honestly, are a little bit more pricier than Cinemark's. But the Cinemark we have here is in a mall. Mm. So I think with that being said, you have to, as a mall movie theater, have to take into consideration... People are bringing in their bags from shopping. Oh, let's go see a movie. You can't really stop them from bringing in their bags from shopping. Right. You also have mall overhead. They ask you to bring them to your car. Well, my movie starts in 10 minutes. I'm not walking to my car. Yeah. So, like, so they have to be competitive in that that aspect. Like, I think the Regal, I think for a large large popcorn at Regal is like $9. Large popcorn at Cinemark might be seven, so, and the tickets are vastly cheap, more cheaper at Cinemark uh, here than they are at Regal. I think yeah, Regals all, are insane. Yeah, Regals are like two dollars more. Yeah, but the only theater here that has IMAX is Regal. Cinemark does not have it here. See, we're lucky that in my area. First off, we have two drive-ins. 
one drive-in, it is easy to bring in like coolers and shit. So yeah, they take a hit on that. The other one is you actually pay a charge if you bring in your own food. Like they figured out how to like kind of, I don't want to say trump that game, but they figured out it's like, well, if you're going to bring in stuff because we're going to play a video that tells you it affects our business, you know, you can bring it in, but it's two bucks to bring in yeah. your own shit, which to me, it's like the Malta drive in. And that's the one that does it. They have really good fucking food. So I have no problems ponying up the money for the two for one special that you guys that, that we're talking about Bowtie cinema. As far as like the cinemas around here, we have BTX and Regal Regal has those nice reclining chairs, but BTX like beats them because they have beer. Like, they serve beer at that theater. Yeah. We have a theater here in Maryland that serves beer, and they actually have waiters and waitresses that come up to you. You press a button. Oh, yeah. I have heard about that. Oh, it's it. I haven't been there. It's out in Towson. Um, but my buddies have gone there, and they're like, once you go there, you're never going to want to go to another movie theater ever again. Yeah. We're going to lose that. I've heard AMC starting to go that route, too. Mm -hmm. They are. Um, not so, I don't think the one around here in Buffalo, but I have heard other ones, you know, with the alcohol, with the the, the, the waiters, waitresses um, serving you. So it does make for a very interesting uh, movie-watching experience. I, I, I kind of dig it. I, I um, got to say, when we're home for that convention, I, yeah. it, what time would we run to? Still six? Yep. We're going till six, yeah. You, you know, if we all want to, you know, depending on what's playing at that time, you know it's not too far from Niagara Falls. It's a transit drive-in. Well, we should all just go party at the transit drive-in afterwards. Dude, you got me fucking sold at party, transit, and drive-in. <laughs> Let's fuck it. That, that's the plan. It has just been here. Matt, you are invited. We are, we are all going there. Fuck it. We'll grab it. We're doing it. That's, we Sounds should get them good. as a sponsor, and that should be our after party. Oh, oh man, I wish. <laughs> oh, I wish. This this night just went from bad to where I'm going to show up so fucking hungover to work three days later, it's not even going to be funny. Like, my old the man genetics can't handle it. such a nice drive-in, too. Like, the oh, it's very well taken care of. So taken care of. I mean, what, there's two in Rochester. There's, well, kind of in Rochester. There's... What Silver Lake and then uh, Avon's driving? Um, I've I've never been to Silver Lake. Silver Lake's only has two screens, from what I understand. Huh. Avon has four, three or four. They're similar to Transit. They're very well taken care of, but the food prices aren't bad, and it's just very like the people are very nice and like it's just a good time. Like there's something just about a drive when you go to the movies. Yeah, like just. It's That's a classic fun. feeling. Like I don't know. It, it it's it, it's almost like a it's almost like a party feeling because you you know you're there with family and friends. You guys can you know everyone can they can kind of talk a little bit. It's a little bit more relaxed than in a movie theater. You can you can be as comfortable as you possibly want. Uh, I mean, I've never really really had a bad experience at a drive-in. Uh, as far as you know, it might have been maybe an obnoxious you know, neighbor in a vehicle or something like that. But, but other than that, it's, you know, I've always really enjoyed myself. It's, yeah. it's such a vintage feeling to, uh, yep. to be able to sit there. Cause I mean, we've all, you know, watched the classic movies based on like the fifties and sixties. That's when, uh, you know, driving movies were incredibly popular and yep. it's just a cool vibe to it. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a big part. Drive-ins are a big part of my childhood. 
Uh, I've seen some great movies in the drive-in, and I still go to this day at least try to make one or two trips a year. Yep. Um, if the time is, you know, if I can. I, I saw Mad Max Victory Road at the drive-in when that was out. That's Fury seen... Road. Fury Road, bitch. Fury get, Road, get that shit right. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Some um, bitch. I saw uh, Suicide Squad. Mm. Um, I've seen... So, I've, I've seen... Uh, what the hell are they called? Uh, the ins- Not the Insidious movies. What's the Insidious movie? Conjuring? Inception? No. The Conjuring. Conjuring. Oh, okay. I've seen the first two Conjuring movies in, uh, at the drive-in. I will say, it is creepier to see like a movie like that because you're outside. You There is no lights coming on at the end of the movie. No. <laughs> no. No. And like, no. it's black. I think so. the, the last time I went to the drive-in was pretty much the most brutal. Okay, so it was inside out. All right. I brought Logan to go see it, and his mom was with us because we were together at the time. And it came to the bing bong part. <laughs> now, now, Matt, you're about to be privy to some some not so quiet information. I cry a lot. Like it is, it is Ric Flair ugly crying when I do at a movie. <laughs> like it is just like blubbering. Like, I can't believe Superman's dead. Spoilers. But um, so <laughs> what happens? You guys see that before, not after. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if our fans, if our fans don't like Superman anyway, so fuck them. Um, so what happens? I just is... got a brand new sweet Superman shirt. I just debuted it on Instagram. Oh, I uh, hate you. On Evan McLeod's Instagram, me working out, ladies. You're such a whore. So <laughs> it comes to the part where spoiler alert: Bing Bong sacrifices himself so that Joy can get back up you know, to, to headquarters and my son is on my lap. He's crying. I start crying because my son is crying and because that's a sad part. The car full of hot girls that were smoking weed all night look over and they're like, Oh, and then my fucking ex-wife is like, are you fucking kidding me? Are both of you fucking crying? I'm just like, (laughs) like, fuck you woman. Fuck you. I'm a man with emotions. But no, you're absolutely right. Drive-ins are... It's Americana. It's old school. Like, I I think of, um, you know, the Outsiders. You know, they had the drive-in theater scene where the the greasers and the socias are are fucking out there watching some some movie and shit. You know, The Blob with Steve McQueen. The Blob attacked a drive-in movie theater. You know, you think of... Oh, I love The Blob. You think of... Oh, it's a great movie. You think of Chevy's and Chrysler's parked and you think of... Oh, oh Grease. 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 One of my favorite scenes... Attack of the Killer Tomatoes! But not only Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, but yet another classic, One Crazy Summer with John Cusack and Debbie Moore, where yes. they have the drive-in scene... You know, fucking unbelievable, unbelievable movies have had homages to drive-in theaters. And it's like, you know, I would love there to be slews of drive-ins still when our kids are old enough to take their kids. And then we're sitting back, the angry grandpa smoking weed, talking about, you know, I remember when I saw Endgame in a drive-thru, drive-in, and they're like, shut the fuck up, grandpa. It's like, oh, Hugh Jackman. But... Yeah, like, now I want to go to the drive-ins this weekend. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, so Titanic... That's not a bad thing. No, it's not. not. 
Titanic has been sunk, and then Evan alluded to it a few minutes ago. The Russos lifted their ban on spoilers just in time for our cute little friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, Tom Holland, to say, Hey, I'm releasing this trailer. If you haven't seen Endgame, shut it off because there's tons of spoilers. But if you have seen Endgame, enjoy this trailer because I didn't fuck this up by putting it out too early. <laughs> like... He, I'm sorry. I think it's amazing that he and Mark Ruffalo are so untrustworthy. You give them fake scripts, and the day he shows up to filming, they're like, no, Mark, this is not what we're recording. You're you're filming this. It's like, how fucking stoned do you have to be to be like, man, when Captain America turns old at the end of this movie, everyone's going to be crying. Wait, what? Ignore that. <laughs> I know. I know it's it's you tough. Gotta, you gotta you gotta get you gotta give that kid credit though. Like the biggest thing about him though is, and th- I think that's why I like him so much, is because he's so excited. Like he wants the world to know everything that he's doing. He's so proud to be Spider Man. He's so like, proud to be the Spider Man we finally deserve yeah. and got. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just fun, like, watching how excited he is when he announces something. Like, because he is. he's You can see it in his face. There is just joy. Like, I'm going to spoil everything. <laughs> like, he, he does. And he does it in such a, a sad, cute, puppy way because he's just like, oh, and then there's this scene where me and Star-Lord are hanging. And then you got friggin' Benedict Cumberbatch is just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, shut up. It's like, you got Doctor Strange just looking at him like, kid, I will fucking gut you. Like, shut the fuck up. But, so we... But, but, really, how... What was your guys' thoughts on that that trailer? Because I will tell you... uh, Hold on, hold on, hold on. For those that don't really... uh, that, that pay attention to our, our podcast last week, I made the announcement that with with Captain America um, going back in time, he fucked up the whole timeline and he's now created the multiverse. Oh, uh, well, here, here you go. Also with Gamora, who is supposed to be not to be able to exist in the current timeline, she now does. Mm-hmm. Guess what, motherfuckers? I was right! Well, wait, hold on, hold on. You don't know for sure if it's right. You don't know for sure. You can't could blame be a Cap. Ruse. We know Mysterio. We've read Mysterio comic books. Uh-huh. Could, could all be a ruse. You never know. Our, our version of Nick Fury is Samuel L. Jackson. Right. He's not that stupid. You, you're absolutely right. So It is Samuel L. Jackson. Don't do this to me, Matt. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he's playing... Maybe he's playing a Mysterio to figure him out, figure out what's going on. Bitch, please, you've been to we'll space. <laughs> I can't picture Nick Fury being like, yo, here's Spider-Man. His name's Peter Parker. I'm not sure about you. Oh, okay. True, yeah. true. All right, that's, that's fair. That's, 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 that's my problem. But here's what I think is going to happen. Okay. Because we all know that Mysterio storyline, okay? He's vain. He does not want to be upstaged. Okay. Nope. So, you assume that the Mysterio with the helmet on is the same Mysterio. Okay? Hear me out. What if Quentin Beck 
supposedly quitting back from another Earth. That's the hero on his Earth. Boltman Man and Hydro Man, I don't know if there's anybody cast, like physical beings cast as those characters. Uh-huh. Which bothers me a little bit because there should be. But what if, let's just say for all intents and purposes, the good Quentin Beck is found by that Spider-Man's Earth's Quentin Beck and killed, and he takes the the uh, the suit. Mm. By the end of the movie, Peter doesn't realize that Quentin Beck has changed because he refuses to take off the helmet and the globe. So he won't take off his costume or show him his face, which then Quentin Beck ends up attacking Spider-Man by the end of the movie. But mm. good Quentin Beck is now dead because Vane, Quentin Beck on Peter's Earth, doesn't want to be upstaged by a second Quentin Beck. So, right. so Which you... could work. Or <sighs> by the end of the movie, he goes back to his... Because this movie, I feel like, is is kind of a... Not a sequel, but really is dipping into that spider... How popular Spider-Verse was. And now giving you that... We're going to go into that... Let, let's see what we can really do. Mm-hmm. Now, Spider-Verse we, was very popular... Let's take a, a Mysterio, make him a hero, because he is a very popular villain to begin with. He's one of the six. He's one of the Sinister yeah. Sticks, which they already gave you three members of in Homecoming. Correct. Yes. So, or what if, what if, by the end of the movie, that massive fight that him and Spider-Man have with Molten Man and, uh, and Hydro Man, something happens, knocks his head for a loop, he doesn't remember any, where he's from, doesn't remember Peter, doesn't remember Nick Fury, and is just picked up and put in prison. Mm. So now he, he doesn't know who he... He knows his name's Quentin Beck, but he doesn't know anything else. So now he forgets who Spider-Man is, which is the amnesia part, but I don't. I can't be sold on everybody knowing who Spider-Man is, because that only leads me to believe at some point Tom Holland is going to die and Miles Morales is going to take over. Okay, so to dip my toe into this multiverse you know, discussion because that was really the selling point of this was them acknowledging that the Tony Stark, the Tony Stark snap in Endgame causes this rift, which well, they in, don't specify that. They, they don't specify the snap. They, but I'm going to go with Tony Stark's snap. I'm not going to allow you to degradate the good goddamn name of Captain America's ass because <laughs> you want to be all pissy because he got to put the dick to Peggy Carter. Now, in my theory is that this is the Quentin is the first of what we're going to see as multiverse cameos or beginnings leading up to eventually Kang the Conqueror showing up because everyone is obsessed with this idea of Galactus being the next big villain no I think it's going to be Kang I think that what Steve Rogers did and what Tony Stark did by altering the timeline is is going to have repercussions but i think that you're not only going to get mysterio in this role of multiverse traveler but by the end of this film we're at least going to have our first glimpse of the fantastic four because kevin feige said you're not going to get any x-men until 2025 okay I, I've gone on record, and I think a couple podcasts ago we even talked about this, where I'm cool with waiting for a good X-Men movie. Because I, I think you're going to get 
Deadpool. Deadpool's categorized as an X Force X Men. I think Deadpool may dip into a a Spidey movie before anybody realized. That's that's a good one. That's a good theory. But remember, in Homecoming, the the Avengers building was being sold. They never saw, said who it was being sold to. It was just up on the market as far as anyone knew. It was empty. I think the old Avengers building is going to become the Baxter building because in this rift, you're going to have someone like Reed Richards and, you know, the Fantastic Four coming over. Because do remember, Reed Richards is the smartest man in his, one of the smartest men in his multiverse. This could just be the beginning of a shit ton of of rifts that we're going to see that are eventually going to pay off in like 19 movies. I, I think yeah, hopefully it doesn't get too... Oh, I'm sorry, go no, ahead. No, I, I think Phase 4 could be very long. Longer than any other phase, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, because this is still the end of Phase 3. Like, Far From Home is the official end of Phase 3, as far as I right. know. They've said this is it, because they've already announced that, you know, they've got uh, friggin' villains and actors lined up for the next Guardians and Thor films and shit, and you know, stuff that they alluded to in Endgame. So, Matt, what were you going to say? Ooh, what, what was I going to say? Oh, we were talking about, let's, let's rewind. Multiverse, no. Fantastic Four. Oh, yes. Um, oh, boy. I'm lost again. Uh, <laughs> I think, no, I think in all seriousness, it is good for um, them to wait on X-Men. I have heard stuff of them Disney confirming that they're not going to change anything with Deadpool, uh, which I think is a good, I think is a good sign for Ryan Reynolds at least. And I, and, um, I thought yeah, they so, start filming that at the end of this. By the end of this year, they want to start filming a Deadpool three, don't they? I believe so. And, it's, it, and Disney owns it. They said it's going to go on. From the articles that I've read, they said it's going to go on um, as planned. So, like Ryan Reynolds, the rated R. You know all that stuff, so that's a good sign. Whether it's going to be truly included in the MCU or not, I'm not entirely sure. Um, let's see, Baxter Building, I think is a great theory. I think they did that on purpose to leave everything open for you know for that idea of it. And the MCU needs another scientist guy. You know, mm-hmm. uh, obviously Tony Stark, RDJ is gone. Uh, Who's the next, you know, one of the next smartest ones to do, and you just got his property back? Fantastic Four. I think it just it goes hand in. It, it just works. It works flawlessly. I'm really excited at the sentiment of them, you know, debuting. I, I think it's a good idea to at least tease an appearance in a post-credit scene with the next Spider-Man movie. I really do. Um, because Endgame left us with nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, I, I have more questions, right? I think even more questions than I had at the so end of Infinity here's War. A good, here's a good question for you. And this this pre, uh, this is prior to Endgame, okay? I'm about to blow your mind. Well, let's then blow us. Blow us away. For five years, Red Skull's been, run, been uh, running around unchecked. Five, five years? Five years. The moment the Soul Stone was given... After Gamora, when Thanos got the Soul Stone, yeah, Red Skull was freed. Right. For five years, he was able to build up Hydra. Again, unchecked, because no one knew that he was gone. Mm. Remember, that's that's the rule. Once 
once the stone is gone, he's not needed anymore. That is right. right. Now, now let's fast forward to to uh, Endgame. Okay, about to blow your mind again, Peggy. Let's actually let's rewind. Go to Winter Soldier. Peggy's niece says to Cap, she had a a husband that no one never met, an estranged husband. There's no pictures, no nothing. Was this? Could that be that she was with Cap the whole time, and she knows, but he, she she's can't tell him, and she can never ever say anything to her niece because it would screw things up even worse. Oh, see what you're saying is if if I can pick up what you're dropping, <clears throat> you're essentially saying that he was there the whole fucking time, and that it wasn't a fuck up by him. It was purposely done through the entire MCU. Bingo. Purposely done. The fuck up. Now that's one idea, but the fuck up now comes in. Now you have Gamora in that realm, uh, not supposed to exist. That's true. And, and it's clear as day said by Hawkeye, Ronan, Hawkeye, whatever you want to call him at that point. It is clear as day said to Thor when Thor says to him, "We could just go get her, go back in time and get a new one, and bring her back here." And he flat out says she can no longer exist in this time frame. You go tell the big floating red head that. And he's going to tell you something different. So now Gamora exists in that timeline. Now old man Cap exists in that time frame. So either one of two things. Either he fucks up the timeline by going back there. But does Red's, does he, he brings back the soul stone to that exact point where they took it. How can he drop it back there when Red Skull's not there anymore? Okay. And then, and then, so now this, now this creates a butterfly effect and a ripple, which now creates your multiverse. Which also, which is one of the things that Kang the Conqueror was responsible for is his whole thing is time, is making sure that time is linear and not fucked up. And I can see, I can be sold on the Kang the Conqueror thing. I can't see that being like the big I could see him being like the we're teasing the underneath with Kang the Conqueror, okay? And they are slowly building up to Galactus with Kang the Conqueror because you can build up two big baddies for this phase or phase four, phase five, and give someone something epic and then end with X Men versus um, Avengers, because you can sit there and twid- twiddle the ball sack a little bit with Kang the Conqueror. He comes in, yeah, they beat him, but then you have the Fantastic Four and says, "No, there's something more coming." And then, right. boom, there's fucking Galactus, and then there's three. You know, you could be. I can, I can, I can give you three movies with Galactus. You, well, okay, that. I'm, yeah, well, go ahead, Matt. Uh, I mean. Even we could use Galactus as a stepping stone. I mean, I, I think Doctor Doom is one of the biggest properties that. Thank you. The, Thank uh, fucking MCU, God. The MCU's back too, so maybe King the Conqueror is like a Phase Four uh, main villain, kind of like Loki was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I could see that. I could see that, like him, like Loki. And then Galactus is kind of being built up behind the scenes, like but Ultra- Swerve, yeah, kind of like that. Um, but Swerve, Doctor Doom, find somehow some storyline that they do. 
Doctor Doom ends up defeating Galactus, right? Uh, he's done it in the comic books before. He's defeated Galactus to beyond, or Doctor Doom is one of the most powerful, you know, mortal men, uh, comic book characters of all time. And Science I, I and magic. I think people fail to realize that sometimes. Um, I would be, I would be, I, I, I honestly be sold on Secret Wars. Like, the buildup with Doctor Doom, maybe beating Galactus, and then slowly going right into Secret Wars. And, possibly. And, yeah, I, and, and you got to think, too, they're not going to... I mean, they don't necessarily have to build up these characters, these villains, the same way that they did the first three phases. It so, could be a totally different route, do you know what I mean? And what, it doesn't have to necessarily follow a, the sim, a similar f- uh, formula, so to speak. They, they can come up with their own crazy way of, of making you know all this happen, but I think... I really think that the three, you know, villains to watch out in at least the next three phases are Kang, Galactus, and Doctor Doom. And I mean, I, I, I don't even see Galactus as a true villain. Sometimes I feel like he's just kind of there, and he does what he wants. Um, but yeah, I think those are really the three major ones to potentially watch for. So in this, also this trailer, first off, they gave us the the Colonel of the Multiverse. Um, which opens up so many doors. I mean, you know, you've got X-Men, Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom, Deadpool. You know, sp- the Spider-Verse was opened up because of Mysterio. But the other thing that they kind of did, and this is this is the emotional piece of th- our post-Endgame world that we're going to be living in, is how these people are handling th- the sacrifices that everyone made. You know, we we saw the trailer a couple months back where Peter Parker wasn't bringing his spider suit on vacation. And we speculated on here, like, is he just saying, fuck it, I want to be normal for five minutes? Like, I want to be a normal kid? Leave me the fuck alone? And clearly that's not it, because now we know he's in mourning. And not only is he in mourning, but everyone is expecting him to take the mantle of Iron Man. Right. A lot of pressure for a junior in high school, technically. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Who was the Harry Potter-looking dude standing next to everybody? Uh, a new kid, uh, maybe one. Because you got to remember, they're going overseas. And here's something um, I, I hate bringing his name up because he's not here to to defend his his statement. Uh, Fox Vineyard uh, mentioned to us, you know, not to us, but on Facebook that one of the things that bugged him was after the snap, everyone had aged five years except for the people who were snapped away. What does this mean for the kids in school? Well, this is one of the residuals of the snap is that now everyone is back after a five-year gap, which means Peter Parker technically should be like 21 or 22, is still a kid in school. Okay, so now his group of friends obviously were snapped away. So yep. there's like, you know, Flash and, you know, all those ki- you know, all those kids that we saw in the trailer, MJ and shit, they're obviously still kids. So now you're going to have this weird everything. Like everything is going to be weird. And you have this kid who his hero has now gone and everyone is asking him, "So, you're the next Iron Man?" And it's like he doesn't want to face the future. He just wants to be a kid. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it brings forth a, uh, just an interesting, uh, you know, element development really of the the growth of Spider-Man in but this next chapter. You guys, you think about the, I understand the whole five years thing, okay? 
and I know where you're going, Matt, but what happened when Hulk, did Hulk reverse time when he snapped and brought everyone to their current age? Because you know who you never see? He didn't reverse time because of Morgan. Oh, yes, because Tony said to stay, keep it the same. Tony said yeah, bring everyone back but keep it the same because yeah, yeah, he had a family. So everyone that was gone, it, it kind of reminds me of the show um, 4400 where – you know, aliens abducted these people or, like, future people abducted these people. And, you know, it. They, some of them were in, like, 1954. Some of them were four years prior. And then all of a sudden they all show up at the same exact time and they're the same age they were from the moment that they were taken. So you now have these people who are having to readjust. And that's another thing. Like, what happens if, if you know, Aunt May didn't get snapped? She grew, you know, she aged five years, and Peter shows back up, and he's a junior in high school, like Matt said. You know, like, how is this going to affect people's everyday shit? You know what I mean? Like, these are all weird questions, on top of the fact that this kid wants to get his normal life back, and he's still mourning his boss. And there's that emotional scene with him and Happy at the beginning of the fucking trailer, and it's just like... I'm still recovering. Stop fucking stabbing my heart with emotion. <laughs> I am really, really excited to see how they do it. And I think they're going to answer some of those questions, too, with this with this Spider-Man movie. Some of the, maybe the plot holes that, you know, we're, we're kind of questioning from Endgame. And, and really, yeah, what we're all thinking. What, like, what, how are people dealing with it? Uh, I think that was one of Endgame's strengths, too, is, is they really showed how people were affected by uh, the initial snap. Or you know half half the beings in the in the universe disappeared. And I think this is gonna help, you know, push this new this new world, this new universe, multiverse, whatever. I think this movie is really gonna help um, illustrate that and kind of to kind of make it feel a little bit more natural for us as best as it can. What's your thoughts on Tony Stark's possibly becoming an AI? Uh, and uh, hates the fact that I keep bringing this up. Okay, I don't think Robert Down- Robert Downey Jr. is the only person that n- they did not very adamantly come out and say is done. He said it though. He said it. He said the journey was over for him. I think he posted it on Twitter, or he's made a few statements. I'm pretty sure he said it. I mean, if he does, if he does come back in some form or fashion, whether it be just voice work, uh, would I be all for it? Kind of, sorta. Um, but I, I truly think that you know, with the way that Endgame ended, that that heartbreaking ending, it was it was not just to send off for the Iron Man character, but for RDJ. Uh, for all his work in the MCU as well. Yeah, and it, it, it's not completely out of the question. Avengers, but. Movie. I can't be sold on an Avengers X-Men movie. Dan and I talked about this last week. Yep. You can't sell me on an, an Avengers team without Thor, Iron Man, and Cap. All right, no, well, I know. It, it, I, I wouldn't be either. Uh, maybe, but maybe they're not even trying to go that route. I mean, so. you, you also have to take into consideration, I, you, you want to mention Robert Downey Jr.'s beautiful exit from the MCU. And I think Evan knows where I'm about to do this because I'm pulling my Wolverine dick out. If I cannot have Robert Downey Jr. versus Hugh Jackman, then no one deserves Robert Downey Jr. versus Hugh Jackman. Because to me, the importance of Robert Downey Jr. in the MCU is the same importance as Hugh Jackman as the Wolverine. And at the end of Logan, 
Logan was, and I've said this, the best Western I've ever seen. Because it took all the beautiful elements of a Clint Eastwood movie, uh, Sergio Leone, you know, what, spaghetti westerns, whatever you want to mention, and the best parts of the X-Men franchise. And it gave you the most beautiful send-off to a character that we had had. Two characters. You know, you had Charles Xavier and you had Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. It gave you the... Charles Xavier still fucking exists, dickhead. What? Charles Xavier still exists. Oh, my God. Eat a dick. It gave us the... My man from Split is really pulling his his leg in Dark Phoenix. Uh, I know. I can't wait to see that. Okay, fine. Hugh, Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is gone. And... You know, yes, would we like to see him in a Deadpool movie? That'd be great. Would we like to see him versus the Avengers? That'd be great. But it would kind of soil the the movie that he gave us because Logan deserved a lot more credit for being as great a film as it was. I'm sorry. Like, I will beat this dead horse until it resurrects itself. So, you know, he's one of those actors where it's like he's synonymous with the character. Robert Downey Jr. is the same way. I wouldn't want to see Robert Downey Jr. return after giving him such a beautiful send-off. It, it would ruin that for me. It would. Yeah. I mean, yes, but but at the end, end of the day, like if you bring back Iron Man, I I I am glad that they are passing the mantle of uh, Cap to to Sam and potentially Bucky mm-hmm. via this TV show. But to piggyback off of what I was saying earlier. I think Chris Evans has at least another movie or two in him, and I feel like you're going to get cameos from old Chris Evans, him dressed up as old man uh, Steve Rogers, yeah, in that in that show, and I feel like the Hell Hydra line could have some sort of impact on that that future, uh, well, that past, because what's to say that that cap that doesn't that gets defrosted. If, if for all intents and purposes, he was not in the shadows the whole time, okay, for all intents and purposes, let's just say he existed at the same time as the other cap. Let's say they meet each other, or Hydra realizes there's two caps. Now you get one that gets captured by Hydra and gets brainwashed into becoming a Hydra agent. Hmm. And that one line gave, like, honestly, I sat, when he leaned over and he's like, Hail Hydra. I was like, oh my god, please just give me that. Like, what if they, that, that, that felt, that Falcon Bucky movie, uh, TV show, is a build up to Red Skull coming back? Well, the, the, they've said that this, ha- that all of these shows are within the MCU, which is the awesome, Correct. cool part. The other thing that I like is is that they've also come out and said that these shows will deal with the residual effects of what happens in Endgame. Endgame. So, Correct. so really, this you know, Bucky, the 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 Winter Soldier and Falcon show could be. I I hate to bring up the comparison, but it could almost be Reign of the Superman esque, where it's like you know, you have two guys who are trying to fill the shoes of one of the greatest men to ever live who happens to still be alive in secret because now only we're assuming only three people know that old man cap exists. We're assuming that that professor Hulk does and Bucky and Sam. 
So they could play off of this for a long time to come. And Chris Evans hasn't said he's done playing Captain America. What happens if all of a sudden, like three or four years from now, he's like, yeah, I want to put on the blue tights again. And he gives us that that Hail Hydra moment that you're speaking of. It's still possible. Him coming back as Captain America, to me, makes way more sense than Robert Downey Jr. being artificial intelligence in a Spider-Man suit. I just, I, I can't be, I'm not sold that he's gone away because of this multiverse. I'm not, I'm not sold that he's completely gone until they say, he, I mean, until, until you don't give me a Captain, until you give me Captain America that is not Robert Downey Jr. Because you have to cast a new Captain America. You have to cast a new Tony Stark out of necessity um, because you need him in the, in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them recasting. But I told Dan a hundred times, that's my biggest problem with Marvel movies. How much Marvel has done right to build you to why Endgame is so such a successful movie right now. But at the end of Endgame, it really is Endgame. Because, and I may be throwing slight at every other actor that's there, but no offense, I love Thor. Thor without Cap and Iron Man is not the Avengers. Black Panther, Captain Marvel, and Spidey is not the Avengers. Don't War Machine leading the Avengers with Sam is still not the Avengers. Not and in the traditional sense. No, but it's, it's, it, they've tried it. They, they've done it. Right. Comics and it it's not work. successful. No. It, that's like taking Professor X out of the X-Men in a movie where it's successful because of your casting and it's, he's, it's been successful without him in the book, but one key component that's always been like an X-Men regular, honestly, if you really look at the full is storm, like a movie with a book without storm. It's like just weird because storm is always a key component to X-Men. Right. And Beast are two key components. I'm not saying they're the most popular characters, but without them, like, yeah, you have the original X-Men, but, like, moving forward through the future, Beast and her are, like, the two main components that are always there. And with Avengers, it's like taking the Fantastic Four and saying, well, the Fantastic Three or the Fantastic Four is now Thing, Johnny Storm, and Deadpool and... Punisher, like I'm not sold on them being the Fantastic. Right, right, right. Like, and, and it, it was shown they did that. Like, they tried to create a new Fantastic Four, and, and comic book wise, it failed miserably. They tried to create the politically correct and and go the whole girl power thing and create a girl um, Iron Man. The comic book failed. The, well, the, it. It, you know, the, the funny part about this is is that, you know, I've said this before and, like, I've been taken to task on it, where people are like, why do we have to have Peter Parker Spider-Man? The reason we need a, a Peter Parker is Spider-Man, at least in the movies, is because that's the person everyone recognizes. So to go with Correct. what you're saying, that's the person everyone recognizes. Now... We just had uh, Into the Spider-Verse win an Academy Award with Miles Morales being the main character, dot, dot, dot. Peter Parker was still there. 
There was yes. still Peter Parker there. So you 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 understood that this is a multiverse, and in this multiverse, Miles Morales is a Spider-Man somewhere, but so is Spider-Gwen, Spider-Ham, you know, Spider-Noir, Peter Parker is in there. It's like you still got your Peter Parker. To me, it would be the same as, okay, the contract is up for Spider-Man, he can go back to Sony, but we're gonna do Miles Morales Superman or Spider-Man, sorry. There would be some people who would be scratching their heads, like, "Well, that's not Spider-Man, right?" It, and that's more—it's more so the casual uh, moviegoer. Obviously, people deep in comic book lore are gonna eat it up, but you got to think with with movies a lot. A lot of the Hollywood, um, a lot of the you know the financials that that, that they generate is from the, just the casual viewer, and you know in this day and age, you know people who grew up kind of grew up with comic books but aren't like still into it. They'll always know Spider-Man is Peter Parker. They'll always know, uh, you know, Iron Man is Tony Stark. Yep. Always know Hulk is Bruce Banner. Cap is, you know, Steve Rogers. Like it, that that stuff doesn't go away. It um, reminds and, me. Oh, it, sorry. Even, even like the conversation we had with Ish, uh, <laughs> we had a two-parter with Ish, and, and the question was posed to Ish when it, because when we did this, it was when Michael B. Jordan was said to possibly replace Henry Cavill as Superman. And if, you know, our, our wonderful black friend, you know, we, Dan asked him the question, and it flat out said, Superman's white. Yep. White. There's, there's characters that you can change. Like, I'm, I, I, I was told when Nick, when they changed Nick Fury, who to me is not an important character. Like, ultimate comic book line made Nick Fury important. Right. And, and made you invest in Nick Fury for the simple fact of, A, Samuel L. Jackson went to Marvel and said, hey, I want to be a comic book character. Right. What can we do to make this happen? Well, who is a badass that's not important, but really should be important to the whole lore of Marvel Universe. And he, they, it's Nick Fury. They, well, they had already come off of him being black in the Ultimates. Um, well, no, that yeah. he was drawn black for... At, like, Look at the, the way he's drawn. He is drawn to look like Samuel L. Jackson because Samuel L. Jackson went to them before they even came out with Ultimate and said, I want to be in a comic book. Well, I mean, like, he is Samuel Jackson. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. His lightsaber was purple, for fuck's sake. He's Samuel Jackson. That's yeah. why Samuel Jackson cannot be stupid in the Spider-Man movie yeah. and fall for someone that's not really who they are. Well, you know, one of the funny parts is is that, you know, Matt was bringing it up, like, certain characters are who they are. And it, it reminds me of a story that Denny O'Neill, uh, writer and editor of Batman through the 70s and 80s, told when they decided that they were going to do the death in the family storyline and they were going to kill Robin. You know, there was the one number that you called that he lived and there was the second number you called when he died. And what happened was, of course, we all know Jason Todd, us comic nerds, us comic book fans at the time, knew that there were two, there was, you know, Dick Grayson that everyone knew about. And he'd grown up and become Nightwing and gone to Bloodhaven with the blue suit with the collar that was, like, way too fucking high. And then there was this snot-nosed douchebag, Jason Todd, who was Robin. So when the world found out that they were killing Robin off in the comic books, everyone assumed... The rejoice happened! 
No, you douche canoe. Fucking people got pissed off at the fact that they were killing Robin, but Denny O'Neill said it himself is like they didn't think they didn't know well enough that it wasn't the Robin that but, they grew up with. It was this new Robin. It's the same thing. But th- they voted on it. The public voted on him dying. Uh no, I'm pretty sure it was a no, computer it was that killed. No, it was a fan vote that it was a fan vote that may or may not have been a computer dialing the phone number over and over and over again. We're not going to talk about whether or not it was a legit vote. You know, in 2016, we had a legit vote, too. And we all see where the world went after that. (laughs) Yeah, I fucking went there. Fuck you. Don't don't talk to me about voting. Here we go. We got to go political. Uh, So so. I'm trying to segue. Cloud, and I am at this point going to just put a disclaimer out here that we are not a politically correct or a political talking show. No, no, no. I just needed to get that out. I'm just a monkey that, you know, put on a uniform and blew shit up for nine years. What the fuck do I know about politics? But what I do know is that you want to talk to us about a very hot story that DC has decided yes. that they are going to give us and the cover you sent Matt, have you seen this cover yet? I seen it. One of my co-hosts on the panel discussion podcast, uh, Greg Knowlton, he sent me the image of the one he bought. And I know the, the one that, uh, Evan sent me, um, it's a really, it's a beautiful variant cover, uh-huh. and I guess they did multi, you know, a, a ton of different variant covers. There, there I'm a big fan covers. of variant covers. I'm a huge fan of variant covers myself. Some people aren't. Uh, you know, it, the taste differs. I can understand why, yep. but um, that one was probably one of my favorite variant covers for uh, for this storyline. It's a it's a six book mini series. Okay. six books. No, um, so so tell us the series. So it is Batman deceased yep um and there's three i saw three different covers i saw the traditional comic book cover uh with batman on it uh variant number two when i saw it i was looking at it funny because it kind of reminded me of blackest night batman okay um face kind of like half off kind of looked like a zombie for a second and you look it says deceased i'm like it caught my eye, and I pick it up, and I'm like, I'm going to grab this, I think. I'm going to check it out, you know, flipping through it real quick. And the cover behind it is a cover that says, You'll Die Too, Deceased, with Robin, the back of Robin, and that big yellow cape, and the red balloon from it. And all you see is the Joker hand holding the balloon out. But if you look deep through the balloon and look at Joker's face, again, the same thing. Looks like a zombie. After reading... Now, here comes your, your three-second warning. This is a spoiler. In three, two, one. Spoilers! Um, this is DC's version after book one and what I'm reading right now in what could be DC's version of Marvel Zombies. Which, by the way, had some really fucking phenomenal covers. Um, yes. The the Mary Jane as a zombie was almost a leg tattoo. My 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 only thing, and and you'll remember this if anyone that read Marvel Zombies knows, the first book opens up 
with them, boom, already zombies. No reason, no rhyme, no reason, no nothing. And I don't even think, I don't think you find out to Marvel Zombies 2 to why everything happens. If I remember correctly, I can't remember if it was like three books into the first Marvel Zombies or if it's Marvel Zombies 2 where they say a zombie infects a, uh, a watcher and then the watcher comes and, and starts infecting everybody else. Uh. But there's still no clarification. If I can remember correctly, I don't think there's a very cl- good clarification of how the infection really starts. This book goes from the words of Bruce Wayne writing a letter or Batman writing a letter the whole time and and I will I will give you I will give you the opening pages page right here of what it what it says. Oh, and he's I'm, not just yeah, giving spoilers. It, he's doing a poetic reading from Here we go. DC Batman, Batman. Oh no. <clears throat> My mother used to tell me there was no such things as monsters. So, well, hold on. Pause. 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 Yep. Pause. The f- We're going newt from fucking aliens. Oh yes, yes we are. Motherfucker, yes, are. continue. There was nothing hiding in the dark. Nothing was gonna jump out of the shadows. I wish I could have told my child the same thing. But by the time I was grown, I'd seen too many monsters. I knew they were real. There was one thing I didn't know. It all started with something like thunder. I didn't know how else to describe it because it was a sound no one had ever heard before. It was the sound of Superman breaking the jaw of a god. Needless to say, this is... um you know, tunneling into the Justice League, beating the shit out of the dark side. Um, and it's entitled, Deceased, subtitled, Going Viral. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is, it then proceeds into dark side, um, saying, with the lasso of truth around his neck, um, after Batman looks at him and goes, you will not return to our world. And uh, you know, Wonder Woman wanting him to tell, you know, tell the truth. And he literally looks with the lasso truth in his hand and around his neck saying, I will not return. Uh, I have no need for the truth is. And then you hear boom, which is obviously the mother box opening. I have what I came for. Well, guess who's missing? The, the, the subtitle gives you that answer. Going viral. Going viral. Who is the only person that can go viral? Hmm. Uh, the Atom? Nope. Hmm. The Flash? Cyborg. Oh! He came for Cyborg because Cyborg harbors, harbors, uh, harbors the mother box inside mm. Oh! Um, so this proceeds on Apocalypse, you know, fast forwarding into the story a little bit um so you're saying this is this is gonna span several issues and it's gonna include all of the major villains in the dcu um no no it's probably gonna 
involved every character in the DCU pretty close, I would assume. Ooh. Or at least the Justice League and um, basically the Apocalypse, and you may get glimpses of other stuff. But, and this is why I say a lot of characters, because by the end of the book, you already have the Bat family in there. Okay. Okay, so you, you basically have, uh, I forget uh, the character's name is, I forget what his name is, uh, but it's one of Darkseid's minions, and he has, they have basically um, Cyborg um, crucified um, to a cross of some sort, um, and they have the anti-life matter equation, mm. which they're trying to create. Um, and basically they bring, uh, they bring death, uh, cut out, uh, cyborg's tongue. And, uh, so he can't talk anymore and, uh, make jokes. Uh, his tongue regenerates back after they take death, who is the speed racer, uh, black racer. They take some of him and inject him into cyborg uh black racer knows what's going to happen basically creating a zombie hmm. um because he is part human and part machine um but he still so the weird part is he is not it's not his human side that's attacking it is his um cybernetic side that's infected. So even when you see him as a zombified cyborg, I would guess is, is again where I'm going with this because he shoots Darkseid and Darkseid starts crawling off the top of his face uh, to to get whatever the corruption is going on in his head. And then Darkseid basically turns around with no top of his head, no brain, and no eyes, and basically puts his hand black racer and basically looks like a zombie then basically jumps into the center of apocalypse uh his minion says dark side um well uh, uh screams for dark side uh and then it goes back into commentary from batman and dark side is and then basically he's now on earth in metropolis is cyborg uh, who is now still bleeding from his mouth but all of a sudden his chest piece and his eye piece are now hitting Wi-Fi and streaming to everyone's phones and stuff, and every internet connection, and and basically this red light is coming on, and these people watch this video, and now are infected with this, thing. whatever this virus is, because it looks like blood, they're scratching off their faces and basically attacking and biting each other. Oh my god, this fucking sounds Which, amazing. Um, and basically trying to scratch off their skin. They're attacking each other. People are trying to protect themselves from from these character uh, from from these things, which leads to a uh, 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 panel with Damien and uh, John uh, playing video games at Lois and Clark and John's apartment. Um, and Lois is looking for her phone. It goes to the phone, and um, as uh, John um, picks, goes to pick it up. Superman blasts it out of his hand and then blows up the TV with his uh, x-ray vision telling him not to look at any electronics because he knows that's what's causing it 
Um, and then you go to Batman in his cave, who is basically being Batman. Um, he's uh, connecting to uh, backups to his camera system. Uh, he quarantines firewalls to, to everything in his in the Batcave. Um, and he, his systems are running on local internet now, like basically his internet. Um, so it can't be infected. Um, then he asks to see Gotham, and then it tells him over 600 million are already infect, estimated infected worldwide. Um, within days, uh, billions will be infected because it's spreading. Basically, it's like a bloodborne uh, virus that is coming through your your electronic device. So it's it's two type. It's it's a biological weapon right in your hand. That's... Look at your cell phone and look at this thing. It then turns you into the zombie. That sounds like the pulse only with zombies and it, only with DC characters. Well, and then he cuts the power to, to the mansion because he, he's like, yo, he asks the computer if uh, the connection has been disabled in the house. And the computer's like, no. And he's like, damn it. Um, activate uh, the manor electromagnetic pulse. And you just see this big green light and no more power in the manor. Um, Damien's trying to get a hold of him. And you basically see the concern from Damien, like, my father's out there, you know, and I can't get a hold of him. And he's, he's actually scared. Uh, and for Damien to seem scared, and it, it's kind of one of those those moments, you're just like, okay. And then you have, uh, and then you have, you know, Superman being Superman and Lois being Lois saying, you know, your dad always has contingency plans for something like this. He'll be fine. Well, by the end of the book, his contingency plans are not fine. Uh, he goes and he finds Alfred, who has a knife, and he's trying to protect himself from Nightwing, who is clearly infected, um, who is bleeding, who basically has, like, a cut going from his top of his head into his face, um, is seething, and um, Tim, who basically attacks Batman from behind and bites his arm, and they literally are clawing at him and biting him, and in ripping them apart and he's just telling Alfred to run and that is the final page of this first book is Bruce being attacked by Nightwing who is over his shoulder has his hands digging across the, the chest of the bat cutting into his chest taking a bite out of Batman's neck and Ooh. you're just like oh my god they are making DC zombies in a six book thing that could be better and more violent than Marvel zombies ever was because they're giving you what Marvel zombies didn't in book one, how the infection starts. Right. Now, now for all intents and purposes, just like any other comic book story, it's giving you this first book. It could turn around and go completely butt ass sideways, and they're not zombies, but I feel like by the end. I think Bruce will find a cure and you'll go on about your business. I don't think, I don't think this is going to become an alternate universe, but it'd be really cool if it did. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it gives, because DC has a tendency to be more violent. So I think you have a, a chance to have something way more violent than uh, what, what, what it, what it hit, like what Marvel gave you. With Marvel Zombies. Marvel Zombies was funny. 
It was also a different time. Like, you have to remember, like, we expect a lot more of our zombie shit now. Like, in 2006, 2007, when that was coming out, it was... You're right. They they had more humor to theirs. It was tongue-in-cheek, a lot of the stuff. But, but Marvel's not... Marvel's not as dark and gritty as DC. Which is why they can tell Batman Metal and why they can do like Batman Damned and now obviously Batman Deceased because they can basically look up and be like, we're telling horror stories. Like, yeah. we're not afraid to, to show Batman's dick and tell a horror story. <laughs> <laughs> when, and, uh, I feel like this, I, honestly, this when I saw this cover, the cover is what sold me. And I, ha- I posted it to Instagram and I'm like, oh my... And, you know me. Yeah. I am a huge Tom King writing, and I Batman story, uh, the Batman books have been awesome since Rebirth. Like, there are books that are down. Uh, Tom King, if you want to listen to our podcast or happen to listen to our podcast, please feel free to reach out to me or Matt or Dan in regards to the podcast convention. Um, we would really like to have you. You are fucking whoring yourself at this yeah, point. I will. I'll whore myself so bad for now if you want to. So <laughs> what you're saying is is that if you haven't already picked up this book, go get this fucking book. Yeah, go get this book. Don't I wait think. for don't wait for trade paperback. Just go out and get yeah, it. Go get it. Um, uh, for a miniseries, like, honestly, if it's as good as the last miniseries I read, which was uh, Nightwing World Order, if you haven't read that, that's another one. If you can't get all six issues, go buy the trade. Nice. Look up the trade. Drop the money. If the trade's $30, buy the trade. Honestly, hands down, one of the best miniseries, six books miniseries that I have read and honestly, a very, very long time. It, it goes from Nightwing being in the future um, and basically him being a badass and killing everyone. Basically, it, it's almost like Deadpool killing the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He basically stops the whole DC Universe, and he's just, a, quite frankly, a badass. Well, But then just leads into a whole bunch of other stuff. I, I highly recommend that. But also, Avengers, Savage Avengers came out this week as well. Nice. Um, and and the, I have not read issue one yet. Um, it may have came out last week. I can't remember. But I will tell you the cover that I got was the cover that I saw online, which has Wolverine, um, Elektra, Punisher, um, oh my god, who, uh, Conan the Barbarian, I believe is in it. I oh yeah, Venom, you were Black telling Gentleman me, yes. And Venom. Nice. So, we're gonna wrap this episode up. Go out and get fucking deceased. Go out and get that shit. Also, if you haven't seen Endgame, go see fucking Endgame so we can beat Avatar. Because I'm tired of fucking purple, weird-tailed, fern-gully fucks at the number one spot. Listen, Matt brought up Catwoman earlier. Uh, I would just like to say... Oh, here we go. There's been many moments where Catwoman and I have shared special, intimate moments. I'd like to reminisce on one day when we were sitting at the dinner table and uh, Catwoman says to me, What? The food is hot. And I go, Selena, every day you're hot. And when we're in bed. And then I pause for a second as everybody looks at me. And then Jason has to speak up and go, one day, one time, all I want is one 
dinner without this. You see what I have to deal with on a weekly basis, Matt. This is... It's quite entertaining. I know. Oh, my God. It's even worse when he sends you video of him and his Batman boxers doing this shit. Matt, Matt where can we... For this podcast in August. Oh, my God. This is going to be terrible. Matt, where can we find you on social media? Give us all the info. Oh, Christ. All right. Hold on to something. Um, so I have a Facebook page for just about every podcast that I'm a part of. Um, if you'd like to follow some of my different podcasts, uh, I have the two point conversation, which is football talk. That is episode. He likes the Colts. <laughs> I do. I do. You can find that, uh, Facebook, that page on Facebook or even Instagram. Uh, just search the two point conversation. New episodes come out every Wednesday and Thursday. For that show, the panel discussion also has a Facebook page and Instagram. New episodes come out every Monday. That's Comic Book Talk, uh, Push Start Podcast. Uh, there's technically two pages for it. Uh, we have our own Push Start Podcast uh, Facebook page, and it is affiliated with a very big video game uh, Facebook group called Game Heads United, if you want to join that community. But uh, new episodes come out every Friday for that. Uh, let's see. Oh, I have a lot. Bear with me. Uh, it's okay. I totally understand. <laughs> it's responsibly to give you good head. <laughs> Hardly kayfabe. Uh, we, we do it weekly with um, a couple of the network guys as well. It's pro wrestling talk. Episodes, new episodes come out every Sunday and Monday. Um, and that's. I mean, that's pretty much it. Social. Oh, Twitter at least. I uh, can search uh, Maverick MM91, and you'll find me there on Instagram. My regular page is Maverick Matt Multimedia. So, awesome, Bat Evan. Where can we find you? I think I should open up Bat Evan. No, no, you shouldn't. No, you shouldn't ever. <laughs> Don't ever fucking do that ever. <laughs> Evan, what? Evan, where can we find you before you ruin the podcast with Bat Evan at Instagram? <laughs> you motherfucker. Evan McLeod on Instagram. Uh, Evan McLeod 99 on Instagram. You can find me on Evan McLeod 1 on Twitter. Uh, follow the McLeod Brothers fan page on uh, Facebook uh, for my brother and I and all our wrestling uh, adventures and uh, what we got going on uh, this weekend if you are in Rochester, New York. Uh, anniversary UPW's anniversary Anarchy 16. The McLeod brothers uh, will be in town versus uh, Rhythm and Booze. Uh, nice. Defiance and uh, Nightbreed. Uh, so, uh, Fatal Four Way number one contendership for the UPW tag titles. Um, the McLeod brothers, myself and my brother, are the longest reigning tag team ever in upstate New York. I don't give a crap. That's ESW, 2CW. There's no one that's been around longer than us. The only team that just recently came back that would probably compete for that would be the Killer Steeds. Yeah. Except they've only had one match. Hey, so, hey, they're coming back. Yeah, so that, that that would be the only team, and we have had amazing matches with the Killer Steeds and have very many memories working with each other because we just know how to have fun with each other. And um, you could take and, that any way you want to by having yeah, fun yeah. with each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, those are my social media platforms. Uh, you know, Weight Watchers. Uh, you can find me on Weight Watchers Connect anytime. 
<laughs> and and I have Cheap a plug. And, hey, plug. I'm proud of this weight loss, and I have a feeling after putting my foot in my mouth five minutes ago, I'm gonna have Bat Evan is following you on Instagram and Twitter by the end of the night. I just have this feeling. Uh, when he said hardly hardly kayfabe, I thought he said hardly quit. She's got a real piece of ass. Ask my friend Nightwing. Oh, he knows. <laughs> Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Sergeant Fury, and you can find Films of Fury on Facebook at FOF Podcast, and you can of course get this podcast wherever you get your fine ass podcasts. For myself, Evan and Bat Evan, depending on what personality and Vicodin he takes tonight, and for our guest Matt. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been w- another exciting episode of Films of Fury. And as always, stay furious. Sergeant Fury, out. Bye, peace for Pat.